tis the season. Tis the season to be robbing and taking other people's stuff. Oh, man. Tis the season. We need to talk about some safety tips for the holidays, not just in protecting ourselves from theft, possible problems that we can face around the holidays. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We are so delighted that you have joined us. But yes, we're going to talk about an unpleasant subject. Here we are at the joyful peace on earth, goodwill toward men time of the year. But We share a world with a bunch of bad folks, and they don't care how much joy and happiness you're wanting to have this holiday season. Their purpose is to take your stuff, and they are pretty clever at it. They know how to do what they're doing, and they look for those of us that are not paying attention. That's very true, and we have a great increase in thefts and even robberies, burglaries between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we just want to address some issues. It's not all burglary and robbery type stuff. One of the things we want to be careful about is beware of online and phone scams. You know, we recently did a podcast on Mm -hmm. that very thing, but it does bear repeating, particularly at holiday time, because sometimes that can just catch somebody off guard and they're very clever. And one of the things that they're doing is posing as charities Mm -hmm. during this time of the year because people are charitable. We're in a giving mood. We want to be giving to those in need. And these scammers will use the opportunity to pose as charities. And we would say give to your charity, but call your charity directly or donate directly on their website. That's good advice. You know, I think what we're saying here is when someone that you don't know out of the blue contacts you and asks for charitable donations, that should send up some kind of a flag. Not that everybody that would do that is uh, a bad guy, but generally when you're getting contacted where you have not initiated the call and someone on the other end that you don't know that's representing an organization or whatever, you can't really be certain that they are on the up and up. So you're going to have to assume that they're not. And Mark gave you good advice there. If you want to donate to a charity, and you know, another thing, a lot of folks want to do that before the end of the year in order to have that count on their taxes for next spring. But you can contact the charitable organization directly. You can give to your church. You can give to a charitable organization online. You can put cash money in the Salvation Army bucket, but you can donate directly to a legit organization to feel good about it. Yeah, so beware of those online and phone scams. Now, here's one we see it on social media all the time. Don't share holiday plans online. Oh, yes. I've actually seen families put a a countdown like two weeks till we get to Disney or three weeks till we're going to Jamaica. And they're like giving somebody a timeline 
because they're excited about their plans and they want to share their happiness with everybody else. But you're giving away very valuable information. None of those. We're going to the so-and-so concert. I got tickets today and it's next Saturday. Yeah. We just told everybody we're not going to be home next Saturday. Yeah. And I don't even like the ones that say, we'll be at grandma's house on Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to go. But we really don't need to be telling social media where we are going to be. And while you're on your trip, try to resist the temptation to post the what's happening today. You know, here's where we went. Here's what we saw. Here's where we are. Because, again, you're reinforcing the fact that your property is unguarded, Mm -hmm. or at least it's unpopulated. You may have your alarms on and you may have a house sitter or whatever, but still, it's just not good advice. Just don't do it. You can collect those photos and you can post away when you come back. I mean, I've I've seen folks come back from vacation and they'll do a photo dump of 75 images. Mm -hmm. And And they're wonderful. I love them. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I enjoy watching what they did. Now, this year, we want to be a little bit mindful of some of the extra electricity that can be required by our decorations. You know, those things can chew up some power. They can. And our budgets are a little strained this year in comparison to years gone by. So this may be a tip that this may be a year that you need to forego the outdoor decorations. Yeah, we don't want to be grinchy here. But again, you know, if it's going to run your power bill up another 100 or $200 or whatever, you know, you've got to, you got to ask mm-hmm. yourself, is it really worth it? And we honestly have elected not to decorate outside this year. It's just a personal choice. And mm-hmm. I was thinking a while ago that when we were coming back in that next year, I want to do that again. I, I want yeah. to decorate outdoor because I do love it, but Right now, the the budget is set, and it can be strained with the fuel prices, energy prices, electricity. So we're foregoing that for this year. Another thing that you can be careful with, this is holiday tips, safety tips. Be careful using a ladder inside or outside. Yeah, there's not a lot of places that are terribly secure inside. And if you're going to use a ladder outside, I would suggest that you have a friend along to at least watch out for you. I have a family member who took a tumble off of a roof. Nobody knew he was up there. He was up on the roof all by himself at his home when nobody was there, and he fell off the roof. And he wound up with a serious injury out of that. He's got TBI. He has a traumatic brain injury, and he's suffering the ramifications of that. And it could have been avoided. If he just had a, maybe a buddy up there to kind of watch over. And so we're just saying, be very careful. You know, you don't want to lean a ladder up against a tall Christmas tree because that's not going to bear your Mm-mm. weight and the ladder. Mm-mm. That won't work. Not my weight. But you just want to be careful. And even if you're decorating inside and climbing up on a short ladder, just be careful. I fell off of a two-step ladder one time and broke two ribs. Sure did. He, he, he just jammed right into the corner of a dresser, and I was there when it happened, and oh. I was putting up a ceiling fan, and I just missed that last step. Yep. So right be very, very careful using those ladders. Here's another one that's very important. You know, it kind of seems like we're we're not trying to talk down to anyone's intelligence, but you would be amazed how many people forget this kind of thing. Hanging a stocking over a working, flaming fireplace. Strangely enough, 
There are times when there's just enough heat to melt some of the decorative piping or painting on some of the stockings, or they're just too close and the fire kind of pops up and an ember pops over if you don't have that protective screen. And there you go. You've got flaming stockings on your lit fireplace. So just don't hang them there, maybe off to the side or don't have the fireplace on with the hanging stockings. Or, and that's what I was going to say is a lot of people will hang them there, not using the fireplace and then don't think about it. So if you light that fireplace, move those stockings, Mm -hmm. just move them, take them down to the side, whatever, and then put them back up. Another thing you need to do is to secure. If you are going to do outdoor decorations, do secure those outdoor decorations properly. We live in different areas of the world, and there are times when these winds can become very gusty. And if you haven't secured the outdoor lights to your home, the bushes, the trees outside, the mailbox, whatever it is that you're lighting, it doesn't take a lot of wind sometimes to knock those lights right on down. Especially with these blow-up decorations now. Oh, yeah, the inflatables. Frosty the Snowman. You know, you can build a little village out there, and they're they're cute. (laughs) They Uh really are. But you need to anchor those things to the ground because the wind can send your decorations two blocks down the street. That's happened to some folks. Now, when you're working on your outdoor lighting particularly, but also on the inside decorations, you need to use the appropriate extension cords. For outdoors, that really needs to be a grounded extension cord. That's a three-plug. Right. Is it that that GFCI type? Well, the the ground fault indicating type, Mm -hmm. it's not a bad idea to have that on there. You can actually put that at the plug. Mm-hmm. And there's several attachments that you can do. We have one that we've used in years past that has a GFI on it, and it's a timer to turn them on just before dark and to turn them off a little after we're going to bed. Mm-hmm. So, But it has a GFI on there. But you don't want to overload those circuits. The way it's measured is the total amperage going through the circuit. So you can't have your extension cords looking like the Griswold house or the house on Christmas Story under the lamp. Right. They had uh, just mounds of plugs and they were sparking and flaming all over the place. Yeah. And remember, that's what set the Christmas tree on fire and the cat and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Cat bit the light, you know, in the Christmas vacation. So Mm -hmm. we don't want to overload those circuits. And don't increase the size of the fuses. And this is going back to the houses. We grew up with fuses. Most are breakers now, but there are still some houses with fuses. Mm -hmm. Do not increase the size of the fuse above the recommended amperage in those old style fuse boxes, or you can burn the house down. Right. It can cause a power outage or, like you said, a house fire. Now, for small children and pets, it's a Kind of a no-brainer. This is a common-sense thing. But if you've got breakable ornaments, how about not using them? How about not buying breakable ornaments? We have a family member that actually has a newborn grandson and a bunch of dogs and opted to do a lot more with actually hand-tied bows Mm -hmm. on her tree. And it's absolutely spectacular. And she doesn't have to worry about either the grandchild or the dogs getting anywhere close to her very treasured family heirloom breakables. And two of our other daughters have, in not infants, they're toddlers. Yeah. They're fi- Maybe a more dangerous, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so about the bottom two and a half feet of their tree is not decorated. They've not put any ornaments in that bottom two, two and a half feet. 
So the top half of the tree is decorated, but not the bottom. And they did that because kids tend to pick things off trees and throw it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. at least one of them didn't put any of her glass ornaments, and she went and bought cheap plastic ornaments to hang on it anyway mm-hmm. because she knows that that tree's going to take some abuse. Well, and, you know, you just really have to be intentional about that. Don't think that just because you've got glass ornaments on a tree that your infant, your toddler, or your pets are going to respect that because they can hardly be blamed for the curiosity they're going to have Mm -hmm. at wanting to be close to the shiny, twinkly things. And there you are with a broken ornament in the floor, and Lord, God forbid that that piece of broken glass would get up in their face. Or step on it, whether it's pets or kids. Just decorate your tree with safety in mind with the pets and the children. Now, let's guard against some folks that I despise. Porch pirates. Porch pirates. I've always wanted to, when you get through scooping the cat litter box and all of that, I wanted to save (laughs) about three or four days of that and pack it up and set it on the front porch. We we saw somebody did that on social media. They thought, I'm going to get you porch pirates. Let let them steal the the cat litter. (laughs) Now, some things that you can do is to schedule delivery of the packages and follow up with the tracking. You know, and these major... Hubs that do that type of delivery, the Wayfair and Amazon and some of those, they are very forthright with the communication Mm -hmm. on delivery tracking. I'll give them credit for that. Absolutely. And you can also arrange to have a trusted neighbor, a family member or a friend to come by. If you're going to be at work all day and you work somewhere where you can't have your package delivered, have someone pick it up for you. Even a next door neighbor sometimes can hold it in their house for you if you're going to not be there, you know, to pick it up. Now, you can also designate a place other than the front porch. We do. We're not going to tell you where it is. But it's not on the front porch. We have a different delivery system for us. But did you know what? You can have your Amazon packages delivered to your workplace. Now, of course, you need to clear it with the boss mm-hmm. unless you are the boss. But I'll tell you that a lot of uh, places are really appreciate that, and they allow their employees to accept Amazon delivery or any type of delivery like that at their workplace so that they don't have anything sitting on the porch, and they can gather it up, take it home with them at the end of the day. And that comes in handy if it's heavy. Krista ordered a small refrigerator freezer for my office. So we had it directly delivered to my office. Yeah, so absolutely. I didn't have to mm-hmm. pick it up and put it in the vehicle and move it again. And mm-hmm. so it was just delivered there. And the delivery person, you know, wheels it right on in. Mm-hmm. And there you go. All you have to do is uncrate it. So it, it was great to do that. Now, some video warning signs may or may not prevent it. We see a lot of video of porch pirates. You know, a lot of folks have the ring video. And at least you can get a good look at a... Uh, perpetrator if they Hopefully, show their face. If but, you're using a good camera. But, you know, they uh, they work quickly and they know that it takes time for authorities to show up. And if they can spot that package on that front walk or next to that door, they know they can zip up there, grab it and zip back in seconds, literal seconds. But at least with ring video, you may have at least a, a description. We have taken a number of those and posted them on uh, social media from the sheriff's department and say, help us identify this porch pirate. Exactly. And so more often than not, we get a good identification of that person. Mm-hmm. Another tip, and this is if you're going to be traveling over the holidays, have your vehicle checked and serviced. 
get you want to have anything fixed that could put you down on the side of the road while you're traveling. Yes, and that's something I thought about the last time that we took a long 8-hour trip. We when we go to North Carolina and back, we're at 800 plus miles, mm-hmm. closer to 950, I think. That's round for trip. the round trip. Yeah, so I always want to make sure that I am current on all of my oil changes, my tire rotations, my inflation of tires if I get that little symbol. I just don't want to be, you know, six hours from home in the cold and the darkness and realize that I could have taken care of a car problem pretty easily. And now I'm off and I've got a bigger car problem. Exactly. Don't want that to happen. You know why? Because stuff happens. You got to stay prepared. Let's take a short break for our sponsors and we will be right back. I have something very important to tell you, and I hope that you stick with me here for just a few moments. I'm going to read to you a series of dates and cities, and I want you to listen carefully. One of these cities may be yours. 2014, Flint, Michigan. 2015, Mexico City, Mexico. 2016, Rome, New York. 2017, Carnegie Mellon University. 2018, Cartersville, Illinois, and the town of Nashville, Indiana. 2019, Troy, New York. 2020, the town of Jay, New York. 2021, Tyler, Texas, and Cape Girardeau, Missouri. What do all of these have in common? I'll tell you. Water system contaminations requiring a boil water order. Do you want something a little more current? Veterans Day weekend in Millwood, Washington on November 11th, 2022, a boil order was in place because of E. coli contamination. On that very same day, seven Florida counties were under a system-wide boil water notice. Clean water is a worldwide problem. Did you know that 50%, fully half, of hospital beds globally are occupied with patients suffering from water-related illnesses? Water is always a great concern for preppers, and not just the hardcore preppers. It's also a concern for us practical preppers. That is why we use the Pro One Big Two Gravity Water Filter, not only for prepping, but for everyday use. It makes our water taste cleaner, our coffee tastes better, and if we ever need to start getting drinking water from the creek or river, we've got the Pro One Big Two. Pro One Gravity Filters are amazing. You pour unclean water into the top section, and crystal clear drinking water comes out into the lower section. There are several sizes for the countertop that hold either two or three gallons, and even a pitcher size that holds a little less than a half a gallon, and that can go into your refrigerator. Each filter has replaceable cartridges. The 7-inch cartridge will filter up to a 1,000 gallons. The 9-inch cartridge will filter up to 1,200 gallons. And with up to three filters in each unit, that is some serious filtering capacity. The best thing about the Pro One Gravity Water Filter is that not only it's one of the best-performing filters on the market, they are very affordable. And to make it even more affordable, Pro One is having a holiday sale all the way through New Year's Eve 2022. Here's their offer. They're giving 15% off of a whole house system and 25% off everything else they offer. Plus, free shipping. Yes, I said it. Free shipping on orders of $69.95 or over. You can even make four 
interest-free payments. There is no reason not to order your Pro One water filter today. Pro One Gravity Water Filters. There's a link on our website at www.practicalprepping.info. Hey, check it out. Are you ready for the next natural disaster or one of the little emergencies that life throws your way? Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This book is available from our website, on Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back. We're going to continue some safety tips for the holiday season. We're going to take a turn here and talk about food safety. A lot of folks are going to be cooking turkey. I actually have heard of a couple of folks that do a traditional goose for Christmas. I think that is very British and all very, very cool. But you need to be very careful about handling poultry and meats. Make sure that they're not sitting out all day. Don't thaw them on the counter. There are safe ways to thaw your turkey or your roast chicken or your goose or whatever you're doing. And make sure that after it's cooked and served that you get those leftovers quickly cooled and back into the refrigerator in at least two hours. That's what the food safety folks would talk about. So we don't want anybody having to make any trips to the urgent care or get food poisoning or foodborne illness because of lazy food handling. You let the the raw chicken get close to the salad. Yeah, that's another thing too, is like if you're slicing up raw chicken breast and then you put tomatoes and vegetables on that same cutting board, you've just transferred chicken bacteria onto your salad. Or with the same knife. Yeah, exactly. So be very intentional with your food safety. I can't tell you the numbers of hundreds of thousands of people every year that get a simple foodborne illness, which is murder. Actually, it's terrible when you have it. There's an old joke, I'll tell you. It's like you go in the bathroom and you don't know whether to stand up or sit down and invariably you make the wrong decision. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. But we don't want that happening to you. So take some steps. While we're talking about cooking food, let's don't leave cooking food unattended. Oh yeah, the stovetop situation. Well, stovetop and actually cooking fires are the number one cause of residential fires. Mm, okay. And I know she's not listening right now, so I'll tell you this. My mother did it twice. Oh, gosh. I mean, not, and <laughs> once wasn't good enough, so she did it twice. What did she do? She left stuff on the stove and went back of the house to do something else and caught yeah. the kitchen on fire. Oh, my goodness. So I haven't ever caught the kitchen on fire, but I have forgotten that I was leaving something and it goes to boil and it just boiled down and just burnt. You can burn the house down with that. Yes, you so can. So don't leave that cooking unattended. Same thing goes with turkey frying. It's a popular time for turkey frying. And that turkey frying must be done, must, must be done outside. Yeah, I don't know why people think they can do that indoors. Mm. That is a, not an indoor activity. And preferably, it's not on the porch under a covered porch. Right. Try to have some safety. Because those things can catch on fire. And this is not the time to have the toddlers running around the turkey fryer either. Mm -hmm. You just cannot. I mean, that's an open flame there at the bottom. It is not an intended to be something that the infants and toddlers can be anywhere near. And a good-sized toddler could pull that turkey fryer over, and then you've got hot grease that's several hundred degrees. It just turns my stomach to think about what could happen. And so keep those children away. And I would also keep them scooted back in the kitchen. They just don't need to be out there at all when you're doing turkey frying. 
I'm talking about just cooking in the in the kitchen. Oh, well, true. Yeah. For holiday cooking, cooking a turkey in the right. oven, cooking bread, pies, whatever. Just keep the children away from that cooking. Something else you need to be aware of. Some of you are and some of you are not. There are traditional holiday plants that actually have toxic properties. If a dog, for example, should happen to gnaw on a poinsettia leaf or maybe swallow some holly berries or even some amaryllis, there have some toxic elements to those. It it can be fatal to some dogs, not necessarily all dogs, but if it's poisonous to a dog, it's probably not good for a kid either. So let me give you a quick list of some toxic and or poisonous plants. We're not saying you can't have them. We're saying that you need to place them where no pet or child can get their hands and mouths on them. And this is just a partial list. There's a very long list of these particular plants. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can get a comprehensive list, but these are the ones you see at holiday time. Mistletoe, believe it or not, got some toxic. Holly berries, a Jerusalem cherry an amaryllis, and the king of all Christmas plants, the poinsettia. They do have little berries and little leaves. The leaves are the ones that turn color. But there are some irritating elements, and it can actually create almost an acid burn in a dog's mouth. Do keep those far away from pets and kids. Now, this next one is, as you could well imagine, one of the ones that I dislike the most. Mm -hmm. Do not drink and drive. Let me repeat that. Do not drink and drive. You may think you're safe to drive, but buzz driving is illegal because you, know, you are yeah. intoxicated. You know, there's people that'll tell you, I'm buzzed, but I'm not drunk. Mm-hmm. If you slide behind the wheel, you have already committed a crime even before you put the key in. Right. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. You're yep. right. And, and it doesn't depend on how you feel. It oh, depends no. on what your blood alcohol content reads and in Alabama, that's 0.08. And actually, in some situations, you can be charged at 0.02 and others 0.05 and above. So there's just too much risk driving after having been drinking. One is people's lives. You can wind up with people, and we have it every day somewhere. People are killed because of someone's drinking and driving. And the next thing you risk is arrest and prosecution. Oh, yes. That's something that is serious. And many of us have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to drinking and driving. And the odds are very, very good if you're stopped and having been drinking that you're going to jail. You know, and don't think just because it's Christmas Eve. That you're going to catch a break because if you have a sobriety test and you fail it, you are going to jail. Mm -hmm. So Merry Christmas to you. And you can choose not to do that. You, You need to choose the right way to do that. I mean, we're not telling you not to drink. We're not telling you not to imbibe or have a holiday cocktail. We're telling you not to break the law. People, it's why are we still even talking about this in 2022? Because people are still doing it. And you mentioned Christmas Eve. If you go to jail on Christmas Eve, you're going to miss your Christmas morning. Yeah, and the judge won't be in in chambers probably till after the New Year. Well, that's true, but you can make bail, but you're not yeah. going to be there for the kids to get up for Santa Claus. Well, we're just saying that as as an adult, mature person, you should have the sense God gave a goose to not drive when you're buzzed 
or when you know you've had one too many, or even if you think you haven't had too many, if, if you've been, we have a rule in our house. If you've drunk anything, you're not driving, period. That's a good policy. If anybody's been drinking, they shouldn't be driving. Exactly. Why, why take a chance and on something so like that? so just to say it one more time, do not drink and drive. Another thing that we talked about, and we talked about this not long ago, and that is when you're traveling, uh, be advised or knowing the destination weather conditions. Yeah, I mean, if you're flying from Minnesota to Miami, your clothing and your weather expectations will be vastly different. They will. But I'm thinking here more of driving. What are we going to have to drive through? You know, that's right. You know, there have been times when we have left balmy North Alabama, but we have driven up through the Smoky Mountains and there's ice on the rocks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a 40 degree drop right there. It's just four hours away from us. So how do we need to prepare for that? When we're flying, you check the weather all along the route. You need to know what you're going to be flying through. So we need to do it on the ground as well and know what we're going to be driving through and know how to dress once we get there. I really like the weather apps that are available now, and several of them are very good with the radar, too. So get familiar with a weather app that you like and study it and know what's going to go on. Even Mm -hmm. if you're not traveling, you may need to have some awareness of what may be happening in the next three or four days that may have a lot to do with your uh, plans for the weekend. And this next one, we'll start seeing it on Christmas afternoon and for the next several days with that. And that's people not being discreet in discarding their Christmas trash. You know, I've already seen it. I have already seen the big 72-inch TV, that slim box that, you know, that great big one you see at Sam's Mm -hmm. Wholesale Club. That box is out just in broad view, you know, leaned up next to the garbage can. I'm like, can't you just break that down and turn it inside out Mm -hmm. and put it in your recycle bin? So nobody has to see that you've now got a brand new TV in there. Well, That one probably came from Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. We Uh actually bought a larger TV. It wasn't 72 inch, but we don't have a place for 72 inch. But we bought, what, a 52, I think, think. 55 inch. And we actually ordered that and picked it up on Black Friday, brought it home, and we cut that box into about two by two squares Mm -hmm. to be able to put it into recycle. Sure. Or to burn it. So Well, the point being, too, if you're going to be putting out the box that the Barbie Jeep came in or the little G.I. Joe Jeep came in, what you're doing is you're advertising to the neighborhood, I've got a lot of nice, new, expensive stuff in my house. How about a PlayStation? Oh, yeah. The PlayStation box. The PlayStation. And, you know, it may not be the full-grown burglars, but it may be the neighborhood thug kids that say, hey, I need a new PlayStation. They've got one. I remember another law enforcement officer actually told me one time, he said, if you're going to set out every box of big, expensive, big-ticket items, you might as well leave the front door hanging open Mm -hmm. and just let the folks just come on in. Because basically what you're saying is, look what we have. And And then if you're posting, you know, notes that you're going to be going to Disney for a couple of weeks... So you got a bunch of stuff and you're not going to be home. You see what's happening here? Let me tell you, there's a lot of theft victims that have said, I realize how this happened now. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm blaming them. Nobody should be, you know, the the burglar or the thief. They're the bad person. But there are some things we can do to lower the risk. Exactly. And that's all we're saying today is to 
look at some things, be careful, just keep safety tips in mind. If you're shopping, personally shopping, take someone with you. We're going to do a quick tips tomorrow Mm -hmm. on tips for holiday shopping. Oh, okay. And we're going to be covering exactly some of those because we want you to stay safe through the holidays. And I'll say Merry Christmas to each of you. What else you got? Well, you know, stuff's going to happen even during the Merry Christmas holiday. So you need to stay prepared. We want to wish you peace and joy, and we will see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.